How's it going? Welcome to the Trades and Grades podcast. I'm your host, Noah Wright, and alongside me is Caleb Nimi. No Camden Gongwer today. Uh, he's still at the office doing accounting work. Uh, sucks to be him. So sorry, Camden. Uh, we've now swapped you out. So now we have two guys again. Uh, maybe at some point we'll get our third guy back on here. As Caleb did have internet issues last week, so we're glad to have you back on here, Caleb. Of course, uh, Xfinity. You know. Can't 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 blame them. You pay them all the money, and then doesn't work when you need it. No. So, yeah. Uh, hopefully, hopefully tonight goes better. Absolutely. So, we're here to break down some rookie running backs for the class of 2022. Uh, it's an interesting class, um, especially like starting a year ago. This is kind of the first time I've really gotten into rookies, you know, in depth. Um, so you've probably had a little bit different experience with, especially some of these previous classes where you have, you know, Jonathan Taylor and uh, Javante Williams and J.K. Dobbins and uh, Travis Etienne, Najee Harris. I mean, those are that's a lot of studs right there just off the top of my head. So um, this class might be a little bit more down than uh, previous years, I would say. Oh, for sure. I think this year the the running back rookie class is just super weak. Um, but, I mean, like we said, we've been blessed the last few years to have amazing, you know, if you had a top five pick, you were getting a stud. So, you know, sometimes you just have right. to have a down year. Yep, and that's that's kind of what it looks like. Um, but it's unique in its own ways where I feel like there's so many different guys this year that you can plug in and out outside of the top maybe two or three or four that, you know, if, just depending on the draft capital they get, um, you know, you could see them taken all over the place in some of these rookie drafts. So it's, it's kind of difficult. We're going to go through kind of our rankings um, – and this is basically just based off of prospects, what we see I'm watching film or what we like from the analytical side, or what we what we read, you know, in articles or on Twitter, or what have you. Um, it's getting a feel for who these players are. So a lot of this can change uh, come, you know, after next Thursday, Friday, Saturday um, in the NFL draft. And so this is just good to keep in mind, like this is just prospects. And I'm sure a lot of this will probably change with the with the draft capital. <laughs> So yeah. we'll, we'll go ahead and get started here to pretty much no surprise at all. Uh, well, I'll, I'll just go ahead and start with my rankings. Um, but number one, I have Brees Hall out of Iowa State. Uh, number two, Kenneth Walker. Three, Isaiah Spiller. Four, Rashad White. Five, Zamir White. Six, James Cook. Seven, Damian Pierce. And eight, Tyler Beatty. And for me, I got number one, Brees Hall, two, Kenneth Walker, three, Rashad White, four, Isaiah Spiller, five, Brian Robinson, six, James Cook, seven, Kieran Williams, and eight, Damian Pierce. Yeah, so, I mean, we have a few different guys, you know, shaking up some, you know, some I have, some you don't, vice versa. So, like I said, it's, it's a really deep class when it comes to, um, like, just, like, lower-tiered guys that you can see get drafted, you know, in day two. Um, in the second or third round, which it'll be really interesting to see where guys go. But the one star of this draft, in my opinion, is Brees Hall, the unanimous 101, most likely, especially in 1QB. I would say probably as well in Superflex, unless Malik Willis gets some sort of really good uh, landing spot. Um, but Brees Hall is out of Iowa State, standing at 5'11, 217 pounds. He ran a 4'3, 940 at the combine, which was a lot faster than I was expecting, to be honest. Um, not that he's not quick on tape, but 
I would I would say one of his knocks is his long speed. Um, if you've watched if you've watched his tape, he's not the like quickest once you get past you know the first two tiers of the defense. Um, he's not going to be out running anybody really. He kind of just maintains speed with other with other runners. So seeing that four three nine, um, that just speaks to kind of his burst. And uh, so I, I mean I, I was really happy with that. And he's got a forty inch vertical, which is just absurd. Uh, compared to the rest of this class. So I, I was happy with that. Yeah, I think the the crazy thing about Brees Hall is he was kind of being compared a little bit to his uh, former teammate, uh, David Montgomery, a little bit yeah. right before the combine. Um, people were saying, oh, he's a good running back, but maybe not the elite athlete. And then, of course, the combine happens and you see realize uh, he's kind of in that Jonathan Taylor type uh, running back, just elite athleticism. So um, looking forward to seeing where he goes. He's probably going to go, I probably assume in the second round, maybe even late first. Um, to, and I, I think the big thing with Brees Hall is uh, this class, since there's not a lot of depth behind him, it's not going to be like one of those years where a CEH can get drafted before Jonathan Taylor and all of a sudden CEH is the 101. Um, Brees right. Hall is going to be the 101 no matter what, no matter where his landing spot is. And um I'm, ex- I'm just excited to see where he lands. Yeah, I think it will be really interesting to see um, if a team, you know, makes a move to try and get him in the first round. I think the most obvious team to do that right now, before any trades happen, is probably the Bills. Um, I feel like that is, is one of the biggest landing spots because they have everything else. Um, you know, they, they have they just signed Stephon Diggs. They have their quarterback for the next probably 10 years or so, and Josh Allen, um, their defense has is, is been pretty solid, so – they, they, they've been pretty much using running back by committee for a while now. And to have that one fine piece, I could see the Bills moving up, maybe making that at the end of the first. It's probably more unlikely than anything, but, you know, it's it's possible. Um, I, I, I agree. I think it's probably going to be in the early second, maybe Falcons, Texans, something like that. Um, as somebody who has the 101 in his uh, home dynasty league, I kind of hope it's on the Texans. I don't know how to feel about that. They're just a mess. Yeah. I, like I said, I think it's going to be really, this is one of the weird years where there's not a lot. You kind of saw a lot of teams out in free agency signing pretty cheap running backs. Um, yeah. And this is also a place of course, in the draft to get your cheap, uh, cheap young running backs. So I think there's not a lot of spots where you're like, Oh, this is like an absolutely like, even if he goes to the bills, like I think a lot of people are going to overhype that landing spot just because of, Oh, like they don't have a running back. But I mean, uh, I mean, Devin Singletary and Zach Moss and even last year, Matt Burita had a little bit of fantasy value throughout the yeah. season. But um, I mean, Josh Allen steals so many of those goal line carries. I don't know if that's like that's, true. that's just like the most amazing spot um, for him to land. But like I said, a lot's going to change. But no matter where he goes, even if he goes to a team where he goes like I'm not even saying this is a spot, but like if he goes to the Tampa Bay Bucks and he's behind Leonard Fournette for a year, like I'm still drafting Brees Hall one on one no matter what. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I... I can't imagine a position that would make any NFL sense in which he would be at such a disadvantage and you wouldn't pick him one, like at the 101 um, unless unless you're really high on one of the wide receivers that got drafted. Maybe, you know, Garrett Wilson or Traylon Burks or Drake London, somebody got drafted in a perfect spot. You think, okay, well, this is this is a lot. Um, outside of that, I mean, you're, I'm not drafting Kenneth Walker regardless of where he goes. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm not going to pick him over Brees Hall um, re- regardless of landing spots. It's just one of those, like, there's just an entire tier for me. It's like 
you have Brees Hall and then Teardrop and then, you know, Kenneth Walker, and then we'll go through the rest of our give our rankings. But um, before we move on to number two, I, I do want to make note, like, watching Brees, I think his biggest attribute is his elusiveness timed with his his patience and his vision. Like, those, I guess it's three things, but, like, really all those he uses super, super well. Um, if he, like, just watching him, he will sit behind the line. And, and sometimes it's almost a detriment when you get people who – or like too patient, you know what I mean? And they, they kind of just wait for the hole, wait for the hole, and all of a sudden it's like it's, you miss your time. But he waits for the perfect timing. He shoots the gap, and then it's like he's like a snake gets through the line. All like it's and, and he's got he's a decent uh, pass catcher, which I can't really say for our next guy, which is uh, Kenneth Walker, out of uh, Michigan State, coming at five foot nine. I have on here two two eleven, uh, ran a four five five forty. I think that's right. Um, and you know, he's, he was at Wake Forest for a year or two transferred, uh, to Michigan state. And I was watching a documentary about it the other day, just popped on the, on a TV and the head coach for Michigan state was like, when we're looking at this guy, you know, when we bring in transfers on 10 play guys, and if you have to watch more than 10 plays, they're not for you. And he said, I watched less than 10 plays. I already knew that Kenneth Walker was that guy for us. And boy, did he show up. I mean, he was – was he the uh, the leading rusher in the FBS, I believe? I mean, he – something like that. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he was fantastic. He had a great year. Um, so, I mean, I really don't have any knocks on him, like, other than the fact that he's just not the same type of prospect as Brees Hall. I mean, I have him as my number two, but he's just not, like, quite at that level. Um, I think he's he's a really good runner. Uh, but the problem is, you know, he just didn't have that pass catching. I think that's one of his biggest holes that it might not be something he can't do, but he just hasn't been able to show it yet. Yeah, no, totally, totally agree with you on that one. I think the big thing, when I think of like Kenneth Walker, I think back to the Michigan State and Michigan game where he absolutely ran wild, kind of made his Heisman like moment. Um, no, he didn't win the Heisman, but uh, yeah. if anyone was going to, it was going to be Kenneth Walker last year as a running back. Uh, there's just so many things that you can like, there, there's a, of course the knocks that he didn't produce early on in his career because he was at wake forest and then had to go to Michigan state. Um, but absolutely balled out at Michigan state. Like, I, I feel like the competition you go up against the big 10 is a lot better than probably what you're going with in the ACC, at least when you're talking like defensive line and linebackers. Um, plus I, I always like, I always like running backs that play in the cold. I think that really shows, uh, a lot of toughness and, um, I think maybe even like sometimes you you look at like people that play in the Big Ten and I'm I'm biased because I'm a Ohio State fan but uh, you look at them and you're like man they just can't they don't run as fast but they're playing in like 30 degree weather getting like hit and it, like I just can't imagine like the toughness that you have to go through um, so I I really think Kenneth Walker as long as he like gets that second round draft capital um, I could see him honestly if we look back on this in two or three years we might be making the mistake and saying that Kenneth Walker was the RB one of this class instead of Brees Hall, just because of that college production. But um, I just think based on the current stats that I, or the current metrics that Brees Hall hits um, just with his speed and his overall like body of work, like he's easily the RB one, but I could see Kenneth Walker jumping him in the future for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's, he's really, I, I thought he was really physical. Um he he had really good yards after, uh, or not yards after catch. Uh, was it yards yards per carry? I feel like I mean he was just a really good in between the tackles runner, um, and I feel like he was able to get the out 
outside well in which like you know sometimes if you're if you're a physical guy it's a little tough to get on the outside maybe you're not quite as quick laterally i thought he had that fine um he i have down okay patience okay vision receiving question mark he kind of went over that um but i mean you're not going to be a bad prospect when you're racking up and have a chance for you know if you're like you said he's probably the best college running back there was last year in terms of production um so yeah i mean i agree i could i could see maybe if um if he gets that ppr you know the, those catches and some team works with him on that i could i could see it as a possibility of him maybe reaching Brees in a couple of years um but as of right now i haven't i haven't slated that too so uh move on to number three isaiah spiller coming out of the sec a little bit warmer down there um Let's see. Here we go. Texas A&M, six foot, two seventeen, ran. Let's see. I can't remember. I don't even recall what he ran on his forty. I don't have it down. I think it was a four six nine at his pro day. Yeah, I was gonna say. It was, I know. I know it wasn't fast, but I don't have that one down. But yeah, I mean, I actually really enjoyed to watch Isaiah Spiller. I've seen him all over the board, um, in different mock drafts and things on Twitter. But I felt like him and. Walker were pretty close um, for me. I think it's kind of goes like Brees, there's a teardrop. Kenneth, there's a minor teardrop. And then I have like Spiller and my next guy. But I, I enjoyed watching Spiller. He had that, you know, catching ability. I think sometimes the, the one negative I might have on him is he's like, he's so geared up. Like he can cut on a dime and he has that burst. Sometimes he's like almost – like he was cutting so hard that he's like kind of almost off balance. Um, I think he's a really, really good athlete. Um, but that was kind of, he almost seemed like he was just had so much energy. He didn't know how to contain it. Uh, but he's, he's a, he's a freak. Um, I, I enjoyed watching him. I don't know if he has that top end speed, kind of same thing like Brees where I don't, I don't know if he's going to be beating guys down the field so much where he's getting those long rushes. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's going to be tough to say. All this is tough to say without knowing draft capital. So I like him as a prospect, though. Yeah, I when I think of Isaiah Spiller, I just think of his father, uh, Fred Spiller. I don't know if yeah. anyone uh, this what that was been back in was that like 2008 when he was running back 2007 2008. I'm trying to remember who the other running back because he was in a committee um, with another pretty good running back. It wasn't Marshawn Lynch. Willis McGee. I don't. Anyway. Anyway. Too far, too long ago. Um, but he plays. He plays exactly like his father. Like his father wasn't fast. His father could really catch the ball out of the backfield, yeah. um, and he just played smart. And I think that's what Isaiah Spiller is. He's just a smart football player. I think, uh, of course, he doesn't have maybe that like high end speed. But at the end of the day, like a lot of the guys that we think of that are speedsters. Um, at running back really don't produce unless of course they're built like a pretty solid Jonathan Taylor. Right. Um, or I guess, I, I guess I should clarify that because Chris Johnson was a killer fantasy running back True. Um, and he was really fast. He's a freak. Uh, he was a freak, but yeah, I mean, Isaiah Spiller, great prospect. I think it's just like going to matter about the draft capital. If he goes in the third round, um, even early fourth, I'm going to be okay with it um, depending on landing spot. But if, Kind of, I've seen some mocks where he's slipping into like the middle of the fourth, even early fifth, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. If that happens, yeah, I'd then be... Uh, I'd be out on Isaiah Spiller for sure. Um, and that's why I have him as my RB4. I know you have him as your RB3. Yeah. Um, but like I said, there's so many, like once you get past the RB1 and RB2, like there's a clear tier break for me. 
that it just is going to depend on the draft capital. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I mean, technically, so if we're going through our rankings, um, we do have these guys. We have Isaiah Spiller tied, and then going on to our next guy, Rashad White out of Arizona State, both tied at three. We didn't get to have Camden's rankings, like I said, because he was working. So, um, And these are prospect-based, so it will be a little more important once we start ranking these after the draft anyway. So we'll, we'll be able to get his input then. Um, yeah, out, out of Arizona State, six foot, 210. I ran a 4'4", 40. Um, yeah, 30 ancient vertical, which, I mean, that's, that's pretty good. So I watched, I was watching some before we got on earlier this afternoon, um, kind of refresh on, you know, who Rashad White is and, and kind of how he wins. Um, and I thought he was, he was a fine prospect. Uh, he did, uh, I heard good remarks about him at the senior bowl. Uh, that was a couple months ago, but I know that he was one of the, one of the guys that really liked down there. I, th- I feel like he had pretty good elusiveness. He's be able to get, um, evade tackles pretty well. Um, and I, I just see him more of a safe type pick. He, he's a good, he doesn't get me like fired up. Like, man, this guy could be a running back. Yeah, you know, middle to middle to high running back two, or maybe even a back end running back one. I just I think he's safe for PPR. He I felt like watching some of the games, he was a really good pass catcher. There's there was one that he had down open the field. He's probably twenty yards downfield, and he wasn't comfortable there because he wasn't a receiver, and he dropped it because he had some guy was going to come in and hit him. But outside of that, like there's a couple of them where he just looks so effortless. Him catching the ball and taking it on the run. Um, so I mean. He's not somebody that I'm like, oh, this could be a sleeper to be like a fantastic running back. Um, like, but I I think he's a very safe pick if you have him, you know, middle of the second round or beginning of the second round or what have you. So, yeah, that, I, that that's a great point. I think I was going to even add that once you get past those top two guys and then depending on where Isaiah Spiller lands and draft capital, um, I'm pretty much staying away from any running back until we're talking the second round, just because yeah. of these profiles. Yes. Um, I think the big thing with Rashad white, when I look at him, like, cool, he's got the great profile, great receiving back, decent burst score. Um, yeah. We said like 40 yard dash. Cool. Like he ran a four, four, eight. Um, but the big thing with him is he's 23 years old. He's 23.2 years old. Um, I like my typical strategy when I'm building a dynasty team or, um, I'm looking to draft running backs. I want to draft the youngest guys possible because maybe by the time they start to produce, I want them to be 22 or 23 because then I can get maybe two or three years before they hit. Because right when they hit the age of 25, that's when I'm trying to ship them off. Uh, Cause that's typically they have maybe one or two years left of like that high end production where you can sell high and then yeah. buy the next young stud. Like um, I know a lot of people in my leagues, they were selling off the Derek Henry's, the Alvin Kamara's uh, and getting the Jonathan Taylor's um, two seasons ago. So not that those guys aren't still producing, but um, it kind of just shows like how, how you can do build your dynasty teams. But specifically when I'm looking at this, like, cool, if you're really running back needy, just wait until the second round, but don't, don't miss out on the wide receivers that are available because I think those are going to be a lot better values um, in the late first, early second. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think it's a really important thing to know. Um, I didn't have down. I don't have their ages down like right away, but, I think that is extremely important, especially in dynasty um, to look at, you know, it's, you know, like you mentioned running backs, like shelf life is a lot quicker than any other position. Um, and so it's tough when you see a guy that, okay, well, I'm not like this guy. If he gets good draft capital, oh wait, he's going to be 23 years old. Um, 
you're like you said, like you're gonna get what two years maybe out of him, maybe three, and then you're like, uh, okay, I kind of want to drop this guy. Whereas, and I obviously this isn't the same because Brees Hall's way better, but Brees Hall is 20 years old right now, and he'll be 21 in a couple months when the season starts. So those are types of things. Like if you got if you're tied with somebody else, and you're like trying to figure out, okay, am I gonna go between this guy and this guy? And you know the draft capital and everything's the same. You just can't figure it out. Like ages, that's such a great indicator, in my opinion, of something like you got nothing else. Like I'm looking at that and be like, okay, well, I'm going with the younger guy. Like, why would you? It's dynasty. Why would you not go with the younger guy? No, for sure. And I think not that we're talking about age. We're talking about the rookies here. But even when I think back to like last year's draft and seeing like everyone was hyping up Najee Harris was way over um, Javante Williams. But now if you're looking at it, like I would probably take Javante Williams over Najee Harris because I think Najee Harris, I think he just turned 24. And Javante still like 21. So, so like, that's like a, a three year differential. So trying yeah. to um, like that, that doesn't quantify maybe the rookie season or like this year, it won't really matter, but like coming into like his third year, when you're looking to that, that like trade value, like Javante Williams, if he produces, and of course is like an RB one right. RB two, he's still going to have that high dynasty value where Najee Harris will start to get to that, like age apex. Um, like yeah. I like to call it. yeah. He's going to get there a lot faster than, Javante and I don't know how old Travis Etienne is. I feel like he's he's probably maybe in the middle. Um, yeah, I think oh. he's. I think Travis Etienne is twenty two. Okay, so we'll move on to our next guy. Um, coming in at number five is James Cook, out of the University of Georgia. Coming in at five eleven one ninety nine. Uh, I just, I'm gonna start looking these up, but he is. 22 right now he'll be 23 when the season starts so another one of those guys that's just a little bit older um but in case you didn't know he is a younger brother of dalvin cook um not sure if you've heard of him minnesota vikings rb1 for a while now but uh yeah i when it comes down like the further we go down this list the more the i start to look at guys who are gonna have a role in the nfl for some reason and to me, this guy is someone who's going to have a role because of his pass catching. Um, he's he's on the smaller side, which makes me nervous um, a little bit. I don't his build's not you know incredible. He's just under 200 pounds. Um, I mean, you could put a couple pounds on and be over 200, but he's just not the biggest guy. Um, but he's he is a great pass catcher when he's at Georgia. I feel like he's going to have like that's his thing. Um, and outside of that, I don't I don't see him running in between the tackles a ton that's what they had Zamir White there for. Um, so I think, like, it's people, you know, it's guys like your Naheem Hines and J.D. McKissicks where you know they have a role and it's just PPR. And if, you know, they're not going to go out and be league winners, but they can still get into your lineup when you need them. Yeah, no, I think I think James Cook is one of those guys that will definitely be able to be a plug and play uh, running back. I'm trying to think of guys this year, like where one of the starter goes down and all of a sudden James Cook gets a role. Um, right. I definitely think that'll be really beneficial. Um, of course, he's got that same kind of elusiveness that his older brother has a little bit, just not as big and not as not as physical. Um, so I think it's just going to be depending on landing spot. If you can, I think if he falls to anywhere in like the 208, 209 range, I think that's a good spot if you're running back needy. Um, otherwise I'm probably probably, like I said, holding off on some of these running backs. Yeah. He, he did run a faster 40 than his brother. He ran a four, four, two. So he's got the speed, um, for sure. He's not, uh, he's, even though he's, he's not terribly, 
he's, ter- he's not terribly big. He, he's he is bursty, like I said, and he, he has good pass catching. So, yeah, I would agree. I think it's just a lot of this is we're gonna say this a million times, but depending on draft capital, I, I see it as a middle of second round type of guy, and a lot of these are probably gonna be middle to second round type of guys. You could probably put them in a bag and mix them up and pull out a name and think, okay, that's that's fine with me. I guess I'm going with that. Um, but yeah, coming in at tied for six, we'll just go right to his teammate, Zamir White, um, out of Georgia. He's coming in at six foot, 214, ran a 4440. Um, there's, there's a reason they call him Zeus. This dude is absolutely massive. If you ever look up, you can find a picture of him standing next to DeAndre Swift, and it, it just looks like he could eat DeAndre Swift. Um, he is absolutely gigantic. He came out of his high school class. Um, I think it's 2018 is his high school class. And he was ranked the number one running back in the nation. Um, he goes to Georgia. I think it was his senior year of high school. He tears his ACL. And then he goes to Georgia's his freshman year and then tears his other ACL. So he's torn both ACLs at one point. I mean, that really set him back. It's And so he's kind of struggled since then. Everybody was like, especially in like Debbie leagues where – you know, that's kind of a premium um, is getting those young stud running backs. And they just kind of – that hype train kind of fell off. But this past year, I feel like he's really been able to shine, especially on a championship team um, with the Bulldogs. And I, I like him a lot. He's just a really tough physical runner. Um, he's tough to bring down. He didn't get that pass catching because of James Cook being there. I don't know if that he'll be that will be his role per se. Um I'm a little worried about the injuries. Obviously, it's kind of hard not to be. I don't want to be like that guy. But he – I mean, you have the injury history, and I'm going to check what his age is. But he's, he's 22. He'll be 23. He's basically he's – a, he's a week apart from James Cook. So, he'll be 23. Again, another older running back uh, with multiple injuries. So, I, I think he's going to be a great steal in a draft for the first two to maybe three years. Um, because I think he he will produce not so much PPR wise, but I think he'll be a really tough runner. Yeah, he he reminds me oddly of like a Legarrette Blunt, like just someone yeah. that's going to be really really tough to tackle. Um, right. I think the other thing that happens with these Georgia running backs is um, they do such a good job at having two to three like like uh, they run a committee. I think that's yes. kind of what they tell recruits is, yep. Hey, it doesn't matter if we get three, five star guys, like you guys are all going to touch the ball and have like really low traction. And we're going to get you to the NFL, um, which works out because I mean, almost all the Georgia running backs of the last few years have been drafted, yeah. um, just maybe not as high. I mean, Swift was in the early second round, but um, maybe not as high as some of their other counterparts, but they're coming in with less wear and tear. Exactly. I think the reason that I, I didn't put Zamir white in my top eight, is not purely it's purely just for this point where just I'm shooting for upside um when I'm thinking about drafting a running back and just knowing that he hasn't had that pass catching role and like I know we talk about like Kenneth Walker like we're worried about him catching the ball but like Zamir White is not catching the ball like he he'll be but he will have the goal line role probably most likely if he can get on the field at all so I he's got that touchdown upside but other than that like that's not something that excites me because touchdowns are so fluky so um but I like, like I said, he was an amazing prospect. So if he can regain even just a portion of what he was as a senior coming into his freshman year before he tore, there's ACLs. So, I mean, at this point, what? He can't tear any more ACLs, right? He already tore the Oklahoma <laughs> star. He this, should be good, this right? Is true. You would hope so. Yeah, I think him 
a lot more so than others will like the where he goes will really de- like make me feel either really good or maybe not so good because of those red zone touches. I feel like I'm, it's one of those things where you're going to depend on that. He's one of those guys where you you'd expect him to be lining up for those you know touchdown opportunities. And if he gets on a team where you have a rushing quarterback or they already have a guy that fills that role, um, yeah, I think it's going to be tough to. Um, you know, negotiate with myself. Okay, well, this guy's going to have more upside than, you know, some of the other guys that we haven't mentioned yet, or even a guy ahead of him in James Cook, because you know you're going to get that PPR floor. So, um, yeah, I don't. Again, we'll see. We'll see where it goes in the draft, and hopefully, be able to determine a little bit better if he's going to have a as much upside as some of the other guys. Yeah, I think I think the other thing kind of I know we've been talking a little bit about age, but I think one of the reasons too why this class in particular is so weak at running back is really the COVID year really messed up a lot. I think a lot of guys' expectations of going to the NFL, going to the league. So, of course, last year I felt like the running backs were a little bit older. This year I feel like the running backs are a little bit older. But then, of course, looking into 2023, it's like the loaded class of like gems, which I think we're going to get back to like the normal like routine of like guys are coming out after the, you know, right after their what junior year. Um, yep. And de- early declaring. And um, I think that'll really help us dynasty managers as we start to get back to like that age gap. But right now, yeah, if as long as besides Brees in this class, well, and Kenneth Walker is pretty young. Yeah. Um, besides that, you got to look out for age. Yeah, it, it's true. Like you mentioned that COVID's really screwed this whole thing up because it's, it's almost like you're kind of skip a couple classes when it comes to some of these running backs. Like you're going to get all these older running backs that are like the same age as some of these running backs, they were like two classes ago and when they were young for their class. So it's, it's pretty weird. Um, hopefully it'll start to get back to normal. Cause yeah, it's a lot of these guys are old. Um, moving on to, I guess tied for six as well is Brian Robinson out of Alabama coming in at six foot two, two twenty five. Uh, he's, I think the biggest back at least, uh, probably BMI wise, maybe, well, I guess Brees might be a little bit thicker on the BMI, but he just, towering big dude um he's kind of one of those prototypical Alabama running backs kind of reminds you of Derrick Henry a little bit in terms of his stature um I didn't have my top eight just because I just I'm I don't want to fall for the Alabama running back like trap because I don't see him as a guy that's any like anywhere near any of the previous Alabama running backs that have come out of there and you know Najee Harris recently you have Josh Jacobs, Damian Harris, um, like as, just like the last few years. I just don't see him as one of those guys. I think this is kind of like an awkward gap year. Uh, I feel like they had the same – like it was like that all the way around for them, at least on the offensive side minus like C.J. Stroud. Like, they didn't even have a you know, wide receiver. They would have had John Mechie as their wide receiver one if Jamison Williams hadn't transferred. They were in a weird kind of in-betweener year. Um, and so they, I mean, he had great games. Um, I don't want to take that away from him, but I just don't, I wasn't like super happy with him as a prospect. Uh, I'm just trying to go through here and see if I had, I think he went to the, he went to the senior bowl. I know that there wasn't a lot of um, compliments coming out of there when, when he had finished. And I just don't, I, I don't know. I, I think, I mean, if I'm not wrong, he's, He's older too, because he's been yeah. there behind all these guys for he's twenty three now. Yeah, he's twenty. He just turned twenty three, so maybe twenty three and a half when the season starts. So he's he's the oldest guy we've talked about, I think, so far. 
other than maybe Rashad, but it's yeah, I don't know. I personally am out on him. I don't even know if I care where he gets drafted. I just I'm not a fan. The rest of the guys we talk about, I'm not taking until the third round. So yeah. if if someone takes Brian Robinson in the in the two oh seven to two twelve range, like good for you. Yeah. I have him as my RB five. Uh kind of a lot of the reasons I have him as my RB five. He plays for Alabama, uh, which doesn't mean a lot because like we said, this was a down year for them. But when I look at just like the way he performed, like he did perform decently, um, he gives me like weird AJ Dillon slash Gus Edwards vibes where like he's just, he's just, but the difference is those guys like have like really, like they're just built a lot differently. He's like a skinny big guy who's like kind of awkward in the way that he runs. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, I wouldn't be, if you wanted to throw a dart throw out Brian Robinson at the end of, you know, early third, if you needed a running back, cool. Um, if he lands in a good situation and he gets like, like I said, like it's kind of like a JK Dobbins tears his ACL. And then all of a sudden he's the starter somewhere like that kind of situation. Like I could see him producing for a yeah. few weeks, but um, like I said, if you have a chance to take, even like we mentioned, like John Mechie, like if it's between Brian Robinson and John Mechie on your board, I'm taking, like I said, taking the wide receiver. Even though I don't like yeah. John Mechie as a wide receiver. I uh, don't, like, yeah. I'm not a fan of him either. But you got to think like a 23-and-a-half-year-old running back or a guy that's – I mean, you could take a little while to develop. And even like – I feel like you'd be, you you might not be able to figure out who John Mechie is versus who Brian Robinson is. And so you could kind of hold off. Like if he has a poor down year, like, well, somebody might still ha- – I think he might have more value – if he has a questionable year, John Mechie does this year. And if Brian Robinson came out, kind of had a dud year this year, you know, he's like, eh, he's okay. He just backed up and came in on a couple, you know, whatever downs and they needed him. Because it's like, okay, well, next year he's going to be 24 and a half when the season starts. And if he really hasn't shown anything, like not that many people are going to be, you know, salivating over Brian Robinson. Whereas John Mechie could have eight more years left. So, yeah, I agree with you on that. Just for reference, A.J. Dillon – is six foot two forty seven, which I didn't even realize he was that heavy. That's kind of ridiculous. That That's a big like, boy. Yeah, they must be feeding him something different over there in Green Bay. Eddie Lacy was there a couple of years ago. That boy, he couldn't stop eating. Well, there was um, the cheese curds. It's all the cheese. Yeah, it's it's bad. The cheese curds and ice cream. Um, but yeah, we'll move on to uh, number eight in our rankings. Damian Pierce out of Florida, five foot ten, two eighteen. Ran a 4.38, uh, 40, and he did do the bench. I don't know if very many other running backs did do the bench. He had 21 reps. <laughs> I just remember this video of him benching, and like he's, he's like struggling, struggling, and the, the guy comes out and get that, and he's like, don't get that, and then he just, boom, reps out another one. Uh, I, instantly, that became one of my favorite guys, um, and so that's why I had him. Uh, in my, not the reason why I had him in my rankings, but I did like that. I had him at number seven. Um, and my, like I didn't know anything about Damian Pierce in, during the college football season. I didn't watch Florida all that much, and they kind of sucked. And then they fired their coach. And then watching his tape, the limited amount you get to, because he only had like 500 yards, and then seeing hit, people talking about the Senior Bowl, he was one of the best players out of the entire Senior Bowl to come out of there. And it was kind of like, wow, I understand why Dan Mullen got fired, because he didn't use him at all appropriately so he's just like a tiny little bowling ball i i mean like i said he's he's not super tall 
um, at five foot ten, but he's two eighteen. He's got a pretty good BMI, and I see him as a grinder. Like he just he's just one of those guys where I expect him to get those goal line touches. I expect him getting between the tackles, just kind of run guys over. Um, and I I mean I like him obviously more than Brian Robinson, but I just think he he has decent upside from a touchdown perspective, which is fluky. I get that, but if he gets the right spot, maybe he could be of some value. Yeah, I'm realizing like I made these rankings, and now I think just our discussion, like a lot of it's changing my opinion. Damian Pierce yeah. is probably my favorite like third round dart throw yeah. out of all the running backs, and I think the reason like he just reminds me so much of freaking Doug Martin back from Tampa <laughs> Bay, the little the little hamster, right. Uh, and I think for for Damian Pierce, the best situation that he's going to land in is if he lands on just a really bad team that doesn't have any that you know has a bunch of just jags right. running back, and hopefully somebody gets injured and he just gets a chance because yeah. I think he does have. I mean, he doesn't really have a great agility score. His burst is low. He doesn't have a great speed score. I mean, he doesn't really have a lot going for him other than the fact that the dude's a dog, and you yeah. just know that like give him the ball and he's probably going to get like three to four yards. Um, so I just, I just hope he gets that opportunity, but yeah, definitely third round. If you're like, I need a running back, which should not, they're not always the best, best right. third round selection, but just throw the dart at Damian Pierce. Try it out. Yeah. I, uh, I guess it depends if you're doing one QB super flex, obviously it depends quite a bit because you're probably going to have four to five quarterbacks going. There's four to five spots. I think he'll be a second round pick and almost, all of the leagues that I'm in. And if he's not, and if I have an early third, I would 100% get him. I would pick him at the 2-6, to be honest with you. And I'd say two, probably by the 2-4 and a 1-QB, and then maybe like 2-0-8 and a super flex. But I, I really feel like he'd be a, a solid um, middle of second round pick. I guess it depends on who's on the, you know, who's left on the board, obviously. But that if I had a stake, put a stake in one guy, I'd be like, you know, he's at the bottom of our list. Who do you think you'd be a sleeper slash like just a guy that you really like? Uh, for me, it's Damian Pierce out of Florida. So we'll move on to number nine out of Notre Dame, Kyron Williams, sitting at five foot nine, one ninety four. The one of the slowest people I have ever seen, according to Twitter. Twitter absolutely hates this guy. Uh, ran a 4.6540. Now, I know he had his pro day, and they said he ran faster, but then there's discrepancies from other scouts saying they had different times that were much slower, and I don't know what to make of pro days, really, in terms of timing stuff. So I'm not even mess with that. He went to the combine. Everyone's got the same. It's the same lane. You're running the exact same stuff, the same timer. 4.65 is what I got. Um. I just so he had a 32 inch vertical. That's one of the worst out of all the people on here. I was very sad because watching Notre Dame, of course, you know, don't live very far from Notre Dame. I I really liked watching him, um, and I thought that he was going to be honestly. I, I knew Brees Hall was out there, Isaiah Spiller's out there, Tenth Walker's obviously racking up. I saw him as one of those top four running backs. Um, early in the season, I thought maybe he could be at, at like the two or the three, and just watching off his college production. But he came in pretty light, and obviously he's he's only five foot nine, and I just don't know. Um, 
it's tough. I couldn't quite get him in my top 10 or my top eight. I think he will provide quite a bit at on a PPR standpoint because he can catch the ball. He's probably the best pass catcher in this rankings. Like I, I think he's fantastic and he, he's a fantastic uh, pass protector. He's one of the best in, in this class as well, which I think will get him on the field, probably in those third down situations where you need a guy that can be able to do that. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I'm just kind of sad about it in general. Yeah, I went to uh, the Notre Dame-Cincinnati game this last year, and not that I cheer for either team, just had free tickets. Yeah. And I just remember watching, uh, yeah, Kyron Williams. Like, just, they just, it felt like he was always getting the ball. Like, he just, and, oh, yeah. and also, let's be clear, Notre Dame's quarterback situation was pretty bad this last year. Yeah. Uh, pretty much him, and I'm forgetting the tight end's name off the top of my head, but he's Mayor. Mayor, Michael yeah. Mayer. Michael Mayer for next year. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, the, those two guys were their whole offense. Yeah. Um, and so I think Kyron, I mean, and Kyron Williams, it wasn't like it was just like this year thing. Like he was starting the year before he had decent production. And then of course, like his 40 time came out and the Twitter community just went bonkers and just like essentially like put the bad. X, the X mark on him and like no one draft him. I don't think it's going to be that bad. I think we're definitely overreacting as a community, um, yeah, especially dynasty I, community. Yeah. Um, he is 21 years old. So like that's, that's going for him. I, I, I mean, I've heard people, say that they would take and I'm realizing I ranked Brian Robinson and like James Cook, but I think I would still take Williams <laughs> over those guys just based on age. Um and depending on landing spot. Like dude just reminds me of like a James Cook or not James Cook, uh a James, we he's in the rookie class, but like a James White, uh where you're just catching a lot of passes yeah. out of the backfield. And um if you land in one of those situations with hopefully a immobile quarterback and where they have to dump off the ball, like I think that's where you could like really succeed. But like we said, like if he gets out there and it's just really clear, dude's running, and he's got like a balloon on his back, like pulling him back. Like, I mean, it's just gonna. It it, it depends on how much you value speed. Um, but I think yeah. he's smart enough. He, like we said. Yeah, I think he's got a high IQ. Oh, really high IQ. And the thing, like we said, you're playing at Notre Dame. You start to did he start two or three years? It's been a while. Like he's had a decent role at Notre Dame, yeah. so um, which is a one of the best college programs here. So yeah, yeah. I think I think. He's got a good future. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I said, it was just disappointing that he slid as far as he had. Um, and hopefully that's not just group think at this point. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to throw him out of the rankings just because of all of that. I probably will have him scoot him back up um, when we go back around again, but yeah, it's just tough to see that kind of reaction to, to what happened, but we'll move on to our final guy. Um, Tyler Beatty out of the University of Missouri or Missouri. Yeah, University of Missouri. Five foot eight, 197, ran a 445, 40. And, um, you know, I this is an interesting one. I know you didn't have him in your top eight, but I just feel like this is one of the guys that at the back end of the second, maybe in a one QB, beginning of the third, that's just a really good upside play. Um, because he had a fantastic production this past year um, at Missouri. And he has, for I, if I go back and look, he had really good production pretty much his whole entire college career. Um, and he's playing in the SEC. He's playing, you know, some non-Power 5 cons, like a guy like Pierre Strong or something like that. Or he, you know, he might be a sleeper this year. Um, but like, we'll go ahead and take a look at this year. He's got 268 attempts, 1,600 four yards, 14 touchdowns. And 
Missouri kind of sucks. Like they're not good at football. So obviously, you know, they're going to be giving it to him quite a bit. But still, you're not going against, you know, these guys that are weaklings. You're going against the SEC. That's you know the best conference in college football. And you're active 1,600 yards. I do go back and I'm looking at this from 2020. He only had 242 total uh, yards, which is kind of odd. Or that was that's just rushing yards. Um, he he did have 333 receiving yards in 2020, so he had, he had even more receiving yards than he did rushing. Uh, but this past year, 1,604 rushing yards, and then he had 54 receptions for 330 yards and four additional touchdowns. So he has clearly a PPR upside, 54 receptions. That That's incredible to me. Um, yeah, I just think he's got a really high upside, and I would enjoy getting him at the back end of the second round. Yeah, uh, Tyler Batty is like one of the pod father's favorite like sleeper running backs. Uh, really, really just reminds me a lot of like Giovanni Bernard, uh, where you're kind of just getting like like a lot of these guys that like we're talking about right now are those like satellite running backs that you, yeah. you hope the starter goes down because then they have that like PPR role. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't really have much other to add. But I agree with he played against high level competition, produced. Um, he is 22 years old, so a little bit younger than some of the other guys we mentioned. Um, I still think it's a little old, but you know, like we said, we're we're dealing with what we get this year out of the running back class. Yeah, Kevin Williams. Um, we didn't mention this, but he is 21. He will turn 22 right as the season starts, so he is a little bit on the younger side of you know, kind of this class. Um, looking up Damian Pierce, see what it is. Damian Pierce just turned 22, so he'll be 22 and a half. So. Yeah, I mean, this class is just – this is a lot of seniors and quite a few super seniors. Um, and if you like, you know, we said earlier, if you're going in between different guys trying to figure out, um, you know, who you might take, and it's pretty even, age – and this is after draft capital, obviously. Age is probably one of those indicators like, okay, well, obviously I'd rather take an extra year on a running back and be able to get the extra production out of them. So. I think this year – more than any other year when I guess if you take anything away from like what we're talking about uh, this maybe is not the year that if you need a running back in that second round, I might be trying to package that pick to get a veteran, an older veteran, because at the same time you're probably drafting somebody that's not as young as you actually think. And maybe if your league mates, not as smart, they might be like in love with, let's say they're in love with Brian Robinson or James cook and not realize their their actual age. So um, yeah, definitely try to package those picks try to try to find that i mean you're not going to get an elite level running back but you can definitely find that production value i know last uh two years ago leonard fournette like right when at the end like he he didn't do really well in jacksonville um and then he got like cut and like no one knew where he was going to sign and i remember a lot of people that i knew traded second round rookie picks for leonard fournette and like look look at where you're at now yeah, you did that right. like granted leonard fournette's not like no spring chicken but at the same right. time He's, he's producing those RB one seasons for yeah. a second round pick. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and if if you have a pick where it, you know, obviously we'll see what, the, what happens with the draft. But if you have a you know 105, 106, 107 super flex and Kenneth Walker and Bruce Hall have already gone, perhaps. I yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't hate getting rid of that pick, and especially when you're in the rookie draft where the the picks are worth the most, getting rid of that and getting. Uh, a running back that you know what you're, you know what you're getting. If someone's falling in love with the Isaiah Spiller or Rashad White, and you're not in on them, 
I'm 100% okay with you getting rid of that, maybe packaging it and getting somebody else that has a more established role um, already in the NFL. Yeah, and I think even just the other the other side of what we're even saying is, let's say you're even in the middle, like if you're at the 105 or 106, and you're either either super flex or uh, one quarterback, and you really need that running back. Like, I think uh, a few years, like we said, like that class with Ceh, like you were having to trade up super, give up future first. I don't think it's going to take that much this year to jump up, um, and I think you're getting that kind of same level of prospect. So if you're in need of a running back. I think don't worry like about trading for maybe a veteran, just try to trade up and get Brees Hall. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if you can do that, well, obviously a reasonable amount. If you have the one Oh four and you have another late first and you can combine that and get up to the one Oh one and get Brees Hall, I would do that in a heartbeat. Like the one Oh four in like the one Oh eight or the one ten or something like that. Personally, I would do that and get Brees Hall. Cause I think there's such a teardrop between those guys we mentioned. So yeah, I think the the other thing to even add is, especially when you're thinking about, oh, well, I'm giving up two first round picks, like 40%, even in the most stacked year classes, like 40% of, like, there's like a 40% hit rate on first round picks. Yeah. So if you like understand that and you're like fairly confident in the profile, which I think everyone is right now of Breeze Hall, um, and hopefully we get that landing spot known um, over the next few weeks, like it's going to be all wheels up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's all we got for you guys. Thank you so much for, uh, for listening to this. Hope you guys have a great rest of the week. We'll see you later.